Peace family, my name is Brother Ben X. And this is Jake Taylor Jacobs. And this episode, we're going to be talking about, does God want you to be broke? Broke. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, you got some scholars that, you know, that that say that uh, money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. And then you have biblical proof when you can see examples of people who are followers of God who are rich. So the question is, which one do you want to be? You know, um, one thing I admire about my brother, uh, billionaire PA, he always speaks about language and uh, he doesn't even use the word broke. So um, one thing that we can start to do in our communities is, is begin to substitute the negative words for positive words. Uh, when I look into the scripture, uh, I believe Jesus said that he wants us to have life more abundantly. Oh. Then I went to Google and I saw some of the synonyms. You Google. know, you got to go to the soon, the synonyms. Mm. I saw the word uh, extraordinary. Oh. And I'm going to just leave it at that. I saw the word extraordinary. <laughs> and if I'm extraordinary uh-huh. and every most of the people in the community are all maybe in, in America, as I looked at some of your slides, yes. a lot of them are broke. A lot of yes. them are living check to check. A lot yes. of them don't have $1,000 in their savings account. Yes. And you can give them that stats. But I think if I'm broke, I'm not extraordinary. Mm. I'm not having life more abundance mm. if I'm if I'm broke. So is it is it is it is it a um, is it uh, not of God to be broke? <laughs> I think it's a sin. Oh Lord, to be broke. <laughs> I mean, because I if He's telling you to have life. Uh. More abundantly. Uh-huh. Some people, uh, somebody actually commented on my uh, Instagram and said, well, 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 God didn't make money. Yeah. And whether God made money or made this system or not, it said we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Yeah, but- so if he wants us to have life more abundantly, uh-huh. I don't care if he made money or not. He wants me to thrive in whatever system that I'm in. But here's the deal. Most people say God didn't make money. Technically, money does come from cotton. So. God made cotton and what we consider a valuable or um, great way to barter. See, the exchange of money is nothing other than bartering. Mm -hmm. I'm bartering something and the money is an IOU for what I bartered. So if I were to go back to back in the day, if I had a sheep and you wanted my sheep and I wanted the weapon that you were creating and you were a, a steelsman or you were, what's that, what's it called? That word. Yeah, that word. Yeah, that word. <laughs> and, and you were creating iron and you, and you made like weapons for hunting. If I wanted more weapons for hunting and you wanted a sheep, we bartered, we mm-hmm. traded my sheep for what I saw was valuable in the amount of weapons that you got. And so what people fail to realize it's not money that, that you get consumed in. It's a bartering system. And if I'm, assuming an amount's amount of wealth financially, that means that there is something that I'm bartering, that I'm trading of, that's making people feel and validate to pay me for whatever I'm whatever I'm, I'm bartering to them. Mm-hmm. So if it's a skill set, if it's my ability, if I am broke, that just simply means you have nothing to barter. Right. You have no value that you bring into society. And anybody that doesn't have value to bring to society, I believe that's a sin. Indeed. I believe you're not moving the generation forward. You're not moving God's people forward if you're broke because you being broke simply means that you just good with just being you taking care of you by yourself. Yeah. And when you think about um, Jesus. Uh Uh-oh. 
for the Christian people out here, and you may be able to break it down a little bit more. When it talks about him, him, him taking a journey or whatever, and he had an accountant with him, mm-hmm. tax collector, tax collector. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't he get money stolen from him, and he didn't know that it was missing? Uh, I don't remember that scripture, but I'm sure we can find it. But what I will say is, in order to do God's work in the kingdom, you need resources, right? And God didn't hang out with broke people. Every single one of his apostles were businessmen of their own right. People of stature and of value. They had immense amount of wealth. <laughs> the fishermen, they owned fish companies. Like if this were in today's time, they would be the ones who would literally be the ones going out there and they had an entire fish company. They, they, they literally had family members and businessmen. They traded fish. They were, they were great. They, they were people of great value. There's nobody that Jesus surrounded himself with who was broke. Nobody. Mm. Everybody has had value and had influence, which means that he understood and in order for him to do his mission, he needed to be rolling with some big rollers. So if I don't have the resources, I need to find people who can give me the resources. Absolutely. And Christ did a great job at doing that. Not only that, mm. what people have to realize is that the, 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 the Jews or in the so-called Jews and the Jews, they made their money off of lending, lending other people's money. <laughs> So, so these tax collectors, what they used to do. I'm going to lend if I ain't got nothing to spend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good Uh-oh. question Uh-oh. right there. Uh-oh. How are you going to lend when you ain't got nothing to spend? And so what the, what the Jews used to do, they used to take tech, pick up the taxes. So if I picked up taxes from you, Brother Ben, and I knew along the way I was going to meet a foreigner, and I knew that the government was expecting the taxes to get to them in three months, and I knew I had a journey, and I knew I had to go through cities, and I got this money on me. I'm going to take the taxes that I took from you. I'm going to lend it to Brother Amir. And Amir is going to pay me back interest. And all along the way of me taking the taxes back to the government, I just flipped all the government's money and your taxes and made interest lending. See, that's what the Jews used to do. And that's why they didn't like the uh, the uh, the Jews because they, they, they took taxes and they lend. <laughs> the government's money made money off money that weren't theirs mm. so they can be able to amount a large amount of wealth. So if you are not financially sound, you are not living of God. You know, to to touch on the uh, the spiritual freedom in the in the economic or um, money freedom or mental freedom, I would say as well, because to me, I see money as a byproduct. Oh, um, I read this book from I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, he talks about the, uh, the 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 mindset of millionaires, and he was speaking about basically you don't have a money problem. You don't have a weight problem. Like you think that you have to go to the doctor and get this skin cut off and transfer it in mm. order to lose weight. But what we don't understand is if you don't change or cut off the negativity in your subconscious mind or your self image, you're actually going to gain the weight right back. Mm. There's a reason when people hit the lottery, a lot of them end up going bankrupt. There's a reason when you got all these athletes who got $40 million contracts yeah. and then once it's over with, they lose all their money and they go on bankrupt because the mindset wasn't there. So I think what what a lot of time we need to focus on is the mindset and letting go some of the, uh, the false teachings of the Bible uh, go. For example, when you open up and say money is the root of all evil, we, we hear this over and over and <laughs> over again, but it doesn't even say that. It said the love of money is the root of all evil. And that was something you talk, you touched on maybe last week. You was talking about God saying uh, you can't serve two masters. Yeah. You must love one and hate the other. Yeah. So why, Brother Ben, did you say uh, being broke is a sin? 
Because if you are broke, uh-huh. like you said, whenever I'm thinking about making a move, I'm thinking about how can I make money, oh. not can, how can I serve God. Oh. So now whenever you go outside in the house or you go outside, you're not trying to uplift somebody. You're not trying to give them knowledge yourself. You're trying to sell something or you're trying to get a job. Mm. So in order for you to truly serve God, you must be able to conquer the things that are holding you back because we got to have food, clothing, and shelter. I don't care if you stay in the jungle. You know, these people want to go back to Mother Earth and get into We got to have food, clothing, and shelter, yep. and it's going to take us money to get these things. So back to what I was saying, he gave an example. He said, if we have a printer yeah, and uh, I'm trying to write an essay and I got a typo on this essay, a typo, after I printed it out, if I look at this piece of paper and I say, hmm, I got a typo. Give me some of that uh, that uh, whiteout, Brother Amir. And I do the whiteout. It's still there once I go back in and hit print. Mm-hmm. I go back in, I hit print again, it's still there. I go back in this time and I cross it out with a with a marker this time. I go back into my computer and I hit print again and it's the same typo. <laughs> so that's what we're doing in our community. You think I got to just keep borrowing money. I'm going to borrow more money. I'm going to borrow more money. And because you didn't know how to make the money in the first place, you're not going to even be able to make enough to pay them back. So what he was saying is basically you got to go back into the program. Once you change the programming and the thought process, now when you hit print, you're going to get a different result. So I think what you're going to be able to teach them is the real strategies and yep. mindset that we have to get this financial freedom. And, and so what, what, what I began what I began to realize, and you had a chance to, to read the book, I, I've been able to, um, in my book, Surviving Financial Cancer, scientifically and statistically prove that the lack of financial education is what kills Americans today, mm. black Americans specifically, because the number, there are three reasons that black Americans die, heart disease, stroke, and cancer. Now they're able to prove it in two. They're trying to prove it in three, but the number one cause of heart disease and stroke is acute and chronic stress. The number one cause for stress is financial worry. Mm. The number one reason for divorce is financial instability. The number one reason people lose their mind and feel like they're home hopeless is because they feel like there is no way financially. And so when I think about what I'm doing and what I want to accomplish in this life, I understand that I live in an economically driven society, which requires me to be financially, fundamentally sound so that I can make decisions and move in ways that can progress me forward. And so, Brother Ben, what you just explained there was one word that I heard, identity. If you have a lack in identity, you find yourself making identity crisis. You find yourself in identity crisis. The only way you can find yourself in identity crisis is if you had a cross road of your identity if i don't know who i am whose i am and where i belong and how i can function and grow in this society i have no purpose i have no identity there is no way that i can monetize on that identity and so when i'm trying to move forward and i'm trying to grow and i'm trying to develop myself and i'm trying to and move forward but i am stressed out on how i'm going to pay my bills like you said i'm stressed out how i'm going to take care of daycare i'm stressed out on how i'm going to take care of of, of my granny because she got sick i'm stressed out on how i'm going to pay uh, uh um, of the water bill and how i'm going to feed my family now i am focused i became i didn't put money in the love I began to think about money every time I wake up. I began to, when God tells me to move and give money to somebody who's in need, the first thing I'm going to think about is what I have. And when 
God tells me to to donate twenty thousand dollars to somebody and all I have is twenty thousand dollars. But God put that on my heart. The first thing I'm going to think about is self. And so if I am lacking financially, that means I am not living in abundance, pressed down, shaking together and run it over, which means that I cannot press and move forward the kingdom of God. I cannot do what God has commissioned us to do, which is to move his people forward. And so that's why ministries, that's why pastors, that's why organizations, they all need money to get the mission and get the word out into the masses. So if I am lacking money and I'm not financially sound and I keep giving all of my financial stuff to these people that don't know how to manage my own money, let alone manage their money, mm. and I'm giving them rights and access to be able to help me become financially free and they have no game plan that they're adding to themselves, that's the problem there, Brother Ben. We have a lack in identity and anybody who has a lack in identity um anybody who has a lack in identity leans to somebody else to help them define their identity but if i know who i am and i know whose i am i understand that i have to become financially and educationally sound in areas that can progress my family forward one being spiritual two being mental and three being financially if i know who i am and in the responsibility that i have in moving the kingdom forward i need to become responsible and manage the resources that god gives us which is the ability to grow assets that we have our mind is an asset our spirit is an asset and our finances also are assets and these things we have to become so sound in moving it and growing it that nobody can come and, and take advantage of us you know speaking about identity for me uh learning from the teachings of the honorable elijah muhammad from the honorable minister louis farrakhan understanding yeah. that we are gods for me that's what really drove the uh the determination or the persistence that I need to overcome a lot of things uh, that come up in my life. Uh, even in the Bible, it says, you are all God's children of the most high God. It says that we are the temple of God and that God's spirit dwells within us. Then I did some math one day since we talking about economics. It said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. But it said Christ had the mind of God. Mm -hmm. So if Christ has the mind of God. Then it said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Well, who mind do I have? Mm. That's, I mean, that's just something that I have to think about. And so once you realize, well, once I realized that there was no mystery, God, I, I, I literally used to look up in the clouds and, and say, look at God looking down on me. You know how you can look at clouds and imagine a, 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 a face there? I thought that God was looking down on me. But once I realized that his force and power, the knowledge, wisdom and understanding is within me and that he works through other individuals. Now I knew that the accountability was on me. But when you tell me that I'm a slave and then you give me a slave last name, then you tell me to go to school for all these years just to work for somebody else who don't look like me. Then you tell me that the white fruitcake is the angel fruitcake and then the brown fruitcake is the devil fruitcake. Then every time I walk past a black cat, <laughs> it's a negative thing. So now I'm getting all these different subconscious and subliminal messages telling me that I'm wrong and that I'm inferior. Even if you look at the doll test. Y'all seen the doll test before? With the kids? Yeah. The doll test is basically where they have a dark-skinned child all the way to the left, light-skinned all the way to the right. And they say, which one is ugly? They point to the dark one. Which one is dumb? They, part to the, they point to the dark black one. Which kids. one do you think is smart? Oh, they point to the lights. And these are black children and white children pointing this way. It may not be somebody saying, hey, Timmy, 
this guy is dumb, but because of the subliminal messages that he's receiving through uh, 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 school, through TV shows, through movies and all kind of different things, this is how we're being taught. So if we're not taught that, hey, man, I can take accountability and I can also say being it is. That's my next book It's going to be called being it is because we have the power to say be, which is the thought. Get together with somebody, make something happen. So whatever I don't know, Jake may know. Whatever he may know, uh, may not know, I may know. And then whatever we may not know, Brother Amir may know. So we have to collaborate with each other and then pool our resources, pool the, the individual, the context that we have, and we can make that be it is. We can make it it is. So one thing I want to talk about, Brother Jake, is the strategy. Because in our community, we used to laugh at Mexicans when they got out the car 10 deep out of a Toyota. Or we used, to, we used to make fun of them because they had maybe 10 people living in one home. But once I got older, I started to realize, oh, they practicing real unity. See, we talking this unity, but they practicing it yeah. to where they got a family together and they paying low rent or a low mortgage, whatever the case may be, because they pulling their resources. Mm-hmm. Once one family gets married, they're able to pull those resources and go buy a home, move that one home out, mm-hmm. and then uh, move that one family out there and move another one in. Yeah. So I believe we need to practice that as well. And you just had a, a, a perfect example of that with the insurance policy uh, that, that, that we just talked about. So let's talk about how... And strategies, because you got somebody who got out of prison, you got somebody who was taught, go to school, work for somebody else, and they don't even know what to do from here to even get to the point of having some residual income coming in. Can I I pull out two biblical scriptures? Yeah, we got to pull those out. Yeah, and I want to pull out the two biblical principles because I know there's some people um, that may say, hey, Brother Ben, Jacob Preacher, Mm -hmm. and Brother Ben, you're in a nation. Mm Mm-hmm. How do y'all have agreeance on on a belief and he preached one thing and you preach another? Mm. How, Brother Ben, he got on his social media, him preaching the word of God in the church. And Brother Ben, you out there in the streets preaching your God. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I want to address this because people are going to say that brother, that preacher right there, that young preacher, he go in there and evangelizes. How he just going to let that nation guy? come on there and and talk about we gods mm. and and not check that but i want to back that okay can i back that let's see i want to back it using scriptures first i want to start old testament and then i want to go to what jesus said because people always like to say what everybody else said but what jesus said it's funny that jesus echoed the very same thing you just said hello mm. So we're going to go to Psalms 82, 6, because there's some people who say a uh, brother Amir over there. Some people who say, you know, you can't just talk it. You need to back it with the scripture. I got you. Don't worry about it. Your brother got you. If you go to Psalms 82, 6, go with me in the Bible where King David, <laughs> <laughs> where King David says upon thee. And we're going to be reading from the NIV, the NLT and the New King James versions for everybody that wants a little bit of their taste. The NIV says, I said, you are gods and you are the sons of the most high. (laughs) New Living Translation says, I say, you are gods. You are all children of the most high. And then we got New King James says, I said, you are gods and all of you are children of the most high. For the King James, for the older folk that we got that's listening. (laughs) They say, I have said, ye are gods and all of you are children of the most high. Let me ask you a question, uh, uh, Brother Ben. Do you have children? Absolutely. You got a son and a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what makes them your child? 
They came from me. They came from you. That means that they have the same DNA. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say, Brother Ben, that whatever uh, illnesses that you have deep down in your genetics, that is a possibility that your children could, could come up with an illness if there were one in your genetics? Absolutely. Is that why it's important for us to know our history so that we know what to look for because of something that's in our strands? Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that if your DNA creates your your pigment color, taste, uh, color of your skin is dark skin and your wife is dark skin, isn't it possible that your child is going to come out what? Dark skin. Dark skin. <laughs> and if they don't come out dark skin, there's an anomaly. There is something that's there that's in your genetics that brings out the recessive trait of a lighter skin or a whiter skin is that correct absolutely is that true so if is it safe to say that your child your children are an extension of the dna inside of you one thousand percent okay now that's old school (laughs) we're finna go to new testament but i don't just want to go to new testament Uh -uh. i want to go to new testament where it's the red letters. Mm, you know what red means. The, the red letters mean Jesus had to sit it. <laughs> so we're going to go to John 10, verse 33. It says, I'm going to start 33 because, you know, some people like to say. Yeah, with it, the context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Jews answered him saying, for a good work, we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man, make yourself God. Mm. So they said, now, Jesus. You've been doing good work, so we ain't going to stone you for the work that you do. But because you think that you're the son of God, I'm going to kill you. Mm. You know what Jesus said, Brother Mir? Jesus said, is it not written in your law? Mm. I said, you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world? You are blaspheming. Because I said I am the Son of God. If I do, if I do not do the works of my Father, do you not believe me? But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works mm. that you may know and believe that I am the, uh, the that my Father is in me and I am in Him. Therefore, they sought again to seize Him, but He escaped. Yes, Amen. So they didn't kill Him because He said, "Wait a minute. Oh, you want to go there?" Let's go. Didn't, doesn't it say in your law mm. that I said you are God's, not capital G. He's not saying that he is God. Mm. He is saying that I'm God's. Like we're, we're built inside. We're made of him. Mm. So why is it so crazy that it's okay for my daughter to be my daughter because she came from my DNA? But if I'm from the same strength and the same being of God, I can't be little G. Come on now. Little G. Call me little G. <laughs> Call me junior. <laughs> I may not be senior. But I am junior. And when you think about creativity, the highest form of godliness is creativity. Mm-hmm. The creation of things. You think about God and his greatness. He created the world. When Jesus Christ came down here in the flesh and Jesus himself, he was a carpenter. New Day would have been an architect. Mm. Was he not creating? He built things from nothing, from his mind. And he created things to be so. He looked at a tree and saw a table. Mm. He looked at a tree and saw a chair. He looked at he looked at at wood and saw buildings. So if a carpenter can create something out of nothing, God can create something out of nothing. How can man look in the sky and say, I want to create equipment that can fly like a bird? Mm. How can man look at steel and say, I want to create transportation? How can you have an idea in your God? Your God plants a seed, an idea of creativity in your mind. 
in your mind, in the physical form, you manifest that in the physical. To be a direct reflection of what was in your mind, which is spiritual, can come out and through birth, you birth that thing into existence. Now it's physically you can touch it. See, a car was just another man's idea that was planted inside of him. That we wearing somebody's mind right now. We wearing it. We wearing it. We Oh, we surely is. Yeah. This right here was somebody's mind. Yeah. This right here was somebody's mind. Them wrinkled pants that Brother Amir <laughs> got was not on somebody's mind. <laughs> and so I just wanted to help back you and give you context. That's why Brother and I are earning grants. Because we both understand that if I am the son of the Most High, I'm a junior and I'm Lil G. And if I can create, God gave us a blank canvas to create the life that we want. Why on earth will I settle for anything less? Which is why we're talking to you about becoming financially abundant. It doesn't happen overnight, but when you begin to understand your identity, you begin to realize what's already yours. And if I am a th- son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord, of the creator of all, doesn't it make sense that I, I that I'm going to assume that I'm going to be wealthy? Mm. If you if, if if you were a king of 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 Africa and you were the wealthiest king to ever live. Wouldn't your son expect to inherit the kingdom? Absolutely. When I, if I looked at your son and I saw your son in the slums, I would say, get up, boy. Do you know who your daddy is? What you do to your daddy for, 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 you, for you to be out here eating pig slop? Mm. What, 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 why your daddy kick you out the kingdom? And if your son said, my daddy didn't kick me out, <laughs> I left because I won't be my own man. <laughs> I, I won't be my own man. I'm going to say, boy, you crazy. Did you not know just because you was birthed from the king that you're next rightfully so? Mm. So if it makes sense for a prince to amount such wealth from a from a wealthy king, it should make sense for me being a child of God, for me to amount such abundance from the creator of all. See, what I, what I hear once again, though, is knowing that you deserve it, knowing that that's your spot. I made a post the other day that said, well, yesterday that said, uh, God doesn't want you to be poor. So I want you to get your scriptures together. That's going to back this part, okay, you know, you. about the, the the spiritual principle. Because uh, a sister sent me a DM. What she said. And she posted that on her story. And the brother said, he's a poverty pimp. <laughs> I which, saw that. <laughs> which, which, which I don't understand how someone who's preaching that God doesn't want you to be poor is a poverty pimp. I didn't say pay me. I didn't say uh, God wants you to be uh, uh, rich uh, by this holy water <laughs> so I can sprinkle it on your, on, your, on your nose a little bit, rub it in. I said God doesn't want you to be poor. If I was a poverty pimp, I would say, hey, baby, don't worry about it. God going to work it out. Continue to live check to check. So what I'm, what I'm saying is this. So many of us have been programmed to believe we're supposed to be poor. My mama was on Section 8. We're supposed to be on Section yep. 8. My mama was on food stamps. I'm supposed to be on food stamps. My, my cousin them, my auntie them, they lived in the hood, so I'm supposed to live in the hood and never want to improve the hood, never want to leave the hood. In fact, we take pride in not leaving the hood. And when I say not leaving the hood, I'm not saying get rich and leave the hood, but at least do something to make it better. We take pride in I ain't never been out the city. That ain't something good. All of this is yours. 
All 57,255,000 square miles is ours. We the original, man. Mm. So we have to remember and believe that, though. But if I believe that money is the root of all evil, then whenever I get some money, if it's in my subconscious mind, I'm going to consciously lose it. Mm. So if you give me 10000 you ain't going to see 10000 next month. Nope. Because I believe because I got 10000 oh, I'm evil, I'm evil. I got to hurry up and get this out of my hands. So we have to change the way that we are thinking and stop believing that God wants you to be this way. Stop believing that life has to be this way because it doesn't. So that's why I believe that in Scripture it said one will be raised from among you. See, you come from the east from Dubai. With, with oh that's them niggas in Dubai man that's how they they they, they rich but if I take little Junebug see if I take little Junior clean him up show him how to get become his own bank show him how to make his own money show him how to produce money from his mind then you are gonna say well hey I ain't got no excuse now. I don't have any excuse because he was doing drugs like I was doing drugs. He was talking about robbing people just like I was talking about robbing people. He was working at Walmart and McDonald's just like I was. Now God has raised him because he accepted something that somebody else had already had. So what I'm saying is if I can do it, you can do it. I'm no different than you. And to me, all the millionaires out there are no different than me. I'm just one uh, application away. Because some of us, like you said, procrastination is knowing what you're supposed to do, but you just don't do it. Mm. So some of us know we need to learn about taxes. Some of us know our money not making nothing in the banks. Some of us know, man, this job that I'm on, I hate it and I don't even have a plan. You know you're supposed to be developing a plan. You know you were supposed to buy that book about finances. You know you were supposed to go to that event that was teaching you about finances. You know that extra money you put on that Henny, that extra <laughs> money you put on that Kush. You could have hired a mentor or did a consultation and learned what you needed to know, but you didn't do it because of your beliefs. And then we say, well, we all going to die anyway. It is what it is. Well, how come you don't act like that when you, when you, when you uh, turn, turn your car on? <laughs> You're going to put the best gas in the car, the best oil in the car. Bet nobody. Bet now I'm going to lean on my car. But even when it comes to your life, you don't feel the same way. Your car going to break down anyway. Why are you putting the best gas in it? So why aren't we putting the best gas and fuel in our minds and in our bodies to make sure that we doing the best that we can do? It says that, that you are the temple of God. Why do I go to the church, Brother Jake, and I turn my rap music down from the cussing? How come when I go to the, to the, to the, get, on the get on the church grounds, I stop cussing my children out, but when I leave, I'm cussing again? Mm. It's almost like, you know, you cussing your children out and then you're, Somebody call you for a job. Hello, this is Miss Johnson. I'm a and then child looking at you crazy. You were just cussing me out five minutes ago. So the scripture says, how can you love God whom you never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? So we, so we mistreat those of us who are built by God, but we're respecting a building that was made by men, which is built of bricks. So we got to fix that. So you want me to back with some scripture? Yeah, yeah, come on with that scripture. Back that up for me. Because I call these, I call these my little ammunitions, right? So. So when people come and they talk and they talk, I just go in just like just like a, a robber, I just go into my little I go into my little drawer and I and I pull out my pistol. <laughs> you told that Bible. <laughs> I told that Bible. You told that still. I don't need them worldly weapons because I spiritually kill gang. So I'm about to spiritually kill kill a couple of you guys. Because all I hear is lazy. And so I'm going to start with Proverbs 24, 33, 34. Now, I'm, of course, we're going to get to the strategy, 
But what good is strategy if I'm mentally if I'm mentally in bondage? Mm. What good is strategy if I'm mentally um, uh, in exile where I'm, I'm doubting everything that this brother got to share? So I just want to show you guys that not only am I biblically sound, but everything that I do when it comes to relationships, friendships, partnerships, when I married my wife, uh, when, when I begin to build my company, everything is biblically based. And if I can't back it up in the Bible that I say that I claim that I love, that's my favorite book. And I can't back up what I say in the Bible. Odds are I'm probably speaking out my butt. So here's the deal. Proverbs 24, 33, 34. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. It's telling you right here, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to rest. Somebody who's always sleeping, somebody who's always watching TV. Somebody always on the couch, reclined back, folding other arms to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber Mm. in your want like an armed man. So your poverty will come like a robber and steal it from you. And your want will come like an armed man, meaning that your want for something you want to take from somebody else. But your poverty came and robbed you. Mm. Uh, That's okay. That's okay. We got some more. It says, do they not love sleep? Do not love sleep or you will become poor. That's Proverbs 20:13. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with food. Laziness cast into a deep sleep and an idle man suffer hunger. <laughs> mm. We're gonna keep, I mean, I can, well, we can keep going. I'm going to give you a couple of them. And it also tells us to make sure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it also tells us to make sure. Uh, and when it when it comes to inheritance, you know, people say uh, I came poor. I got the proverb, Proverbs thirty two twenty two. I'll read the King James Version says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Mm, how much that how much do you have to have to leave some for your children's children? See, see. But here's the deal. Most people only say the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Mm. But they miss the first part of that same verse. A good man leaves an inheritance for their children's children, Uh-oh. which means there's somebody of wise. There's somebody of wisdom, somebody thinking ahead of time, somebody who's not a sluggard, somebody who's not waiting for somebody to give them a handout. Matter of fact, the Bible says to be the lender, not the borrower, because the borrower is always a slave to the lender. Mm. And I wonder why I can't get ahead when I'm giving 50 to 60 to 70 percent of my money to my lender. So the lender is now your boss. The lender is now your God. So now let's get real. Mm. That bank has become your God. You give to the bank before you get a God. Mm. You give to the bank before you do God's work. You give to the bank. Oh, 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 you don't give to the bank. So what's a mortgage? Mm. Is that not a bank? You don't own your home. The bank own your home. You work for the bank. Mm. You pay the bank. You don't own your car. That bank own your car. You still paying a note on it? It's called finance. You don't own that car. The bank own your car. So you work for the bank. So your God, how dare you? Your God is the bank. You're, you question how much you tithe or how much you give to the community or how much you, you sow into doing God's work. You skimp out on that. But your bank account come out real quick when that when that car note that you need or that that Audi that you can't afford, that BMW that you want that you know you paying eight hundred dollars a month for, and you know you couldn't afford it. That big old house that you don't even take up all the space. It's you you, you it's, it's just you your husband, or you and your wife, talking about uh uh heterosexual relationships. I'm talking about you and your husband and you and your wife. You got two kids, but y'all got a five bedroom and 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 six thousand square feet. 
<laughs> Y'all got a living room that nobody can touch. Talk about misuse and management of what God gives us. And so the Bible says to look after an ant, oh sluggard, because an ant saves its food for the summer, for the winter. It has no ruler and has no leader, which means ain't nobody telling an ant to save food for a rainy day. Mm, I already know. The reason why you got a credit card is because you had to go get a credit card to help pay for your tires that you knew would bust. If I'm driving four rubber wheels every day, is it not an odd that one of these days I'm going to get a flat tire? So wouldn't it make sense for me to save money for my flat tire? Mm. Is it not odd that if I'm driving a car that has windows where people can see inside my car and it's not in a place where it's safe? Is it not odd that there's a risk that somebody may break your window and steal something from you? Is it not odd that if I own a home that there's maintenance that's due on the home? Hot water heater that got to be replaced? Filters that got to be changed? Is it not crazy that all of a sudden when something breaks down in your home, you begin to question God when your stupidity didn't save money for your winter? Mm. What is your winter when things get cold and things get, get buried and you start having sicknesses? That's what your winter is. Your winter is when you get old. Your winter is when you get sick. Your winter is when your car breaks down. Your winter is when, you, when, when your children break an arm, you got to go to a hospital. Is it not uh, odd that when your child climbs a tree that there's a risk that your child may fall out that tree? <laughs> that you're going to have to take that child to the hospital because there's a possibility that they could break something? Is it not odd that I'm driving on the highway with other cars that are texting while driving? So if I get in a wreck, oh, oh, God, <laughs> the devil playing tricks on me. The devil ain't playing tricks on you. You driving 60 to 70 miles an hour and people on uh, texting while they driving. Ain't no devil in that. That's a bunch of stupid people. And you got the audacity to not have insurance to cover your car? Isn't it not odd <laughs> that there's a possibility when you work a job that you can get laid off? So if I'm not saving money for a rainy day, mm. is it not odd that when you get laid off on your job, now the devil is playing tricks on you? No, you was working for another man mm. and the man cut shop and you didn't prepare for that rainy day. These are all things the Bible teaches us to do this. So if I'm somebody who thinks about the future as much as I think about the present. If somebody if I'm somebody like an ant that stores up my, my food for the summer to take care of me in my winter times, does that not make me a wealthy person? Am I not somebody of 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 that's not in poverty? Mm. See, see, my stupid self, when I started my first business, I didn't take into account that there may be possibility that somebody could steal from me. But so before you continue, let me back. Let me, he's been backing <laughs> me. Up. Let me back him. up. OK, he's going to back me. How you is this Ecclesiastics? Ooh, is that how you how Ecclesiastics, you said it? I always yeah. had a problem with that. I'm from down south. <laughs> Eleven and two. Invest in seven ventures. This the this the NIV version. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon that land. Can I give substance to that? Come Please. on, give me something. Give, some substance. Come me on, give, give me some substance. See what people got to understand. King Solomon. That's why brother Amir. That's my favorite. King Solomon is one of my most favorite characters in the Bible. Outside of the, the, the Jesus, right? So, so here's the deal. Context is King Solomon wrote Ecclesiastics. Mm. And, and what you got to understand is that people say, oh, here we go, biblical scholars. The reason why King Solomon got rich is because King Solomon asked God for wisdom. And his wisdom made room for him. No. 
What is wisdom, though? If you look up the definition for intelligence, look up what intelligence is, brother. Because I want to help our, our listeners, help them understand that before I give them strategy, I haven't even given you guys strategy. I'm just showing you guys that I'm biblically sound. <laughs> Which is strategy. Which is, come on now, help you, you backing yeah, this, me up. This is strategy. So look up the definition for intelligence and give me. Now, I ain't switched over to T-Mobile yet, so mine, this sprint, oh, uh, Lord, I'm going to have to, it's going to take me a minute to load up. <laughs> so, so let me go to it because I want to give you guys substance and I want I want to help you guys out because when I help you, okay, you got it? No, I ain't got oh, it yet. Oh, man. Lord. I'm going to have to change my, uh, my phone company, boy. Intelligence. Okay, you ready? Here goes intelligence. Here go intelligence. I think I spelled it wrong. Intelligence. So here goes intelligence. The definition for intelligence. I want you to read that for. Let for, me see this. Number one, the ability uh-huh. to acquire uh-huh. and apply Ooh. knowledge and skills. Oh wait, wait, stop. Oh wait a minute. Mm. So a lot of people walking around here and saying I'm intelligent, but intelligence is the application uh, of me acquiring knowledge and applying that knowledge as a skill. Mm. What that say? It said the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. So, so intelligence is me knowing that I need to budget, me understanding there's going to be a rainy day, and me also understanding that there's going to be a day when I get old and I can't work like I did when I was younger. It's me knowing that, using wisdom to understand that, and applying the skills and practices that are needed to protect me when things get tight. That's what intelligence is. And so what King Solomon is doing, what most people fail to realize, God gave him intellect and wisdom. Yes, the same things that we got. We, we, he took that wisdom and he created a business. That business that he created was he was bartering and trading skill. He developed a skill. He began to barter and trade internationally. He was selling Horses and chariots to the Syrians and to the uh, and to the Hittites across waters. And what he realized was when he puts all of his resources in one ship and he sends it across waters, he realized that that one ship is at risk mm. to water tides. It's, it's at risk to getting stolen, being, being shipwrecked. It's at risk. So what he said, well, he was the context he was using was. When he, when he moves his stuff internationally, he puts all of his goods and horses and chariots in, in multiple ships because he doesn't know which one's going to come back. So versus putting all of his, all of his, all of his, uh, his goods in one ship, he put all of his goods in multiple ships. And he sent them across water because he didn't know which one was going to come back. So that's the context because he understood that there's going to be a rainy day. One of these ships ain't going to come back. One of these ships going to be stolen and one of these ships going to be shipwrecked. Mm. So because he understood knowledge that everything ain't optimistic, everything ain't going to go well. The devil ain't going to come. You sending a ship wood across water. There are odds with horses and chariots on a ship of wood on water. There are odds that one of them ain't going to make it. Mm. So I prepare for the day that it doesn't work so that I can at least have something coming back to me. That's what made him the wealthiest man in the world. He took knowledge, wisdom, common sense. I'm sending wood across water with tons of weight on it. There's common sense that says that odds are one of these ain't going to come back. 
There's odds are one of these people on these ships gonna betray me and go across water, sell it, and keep the money for themselves and hide and run. That's odds. So let me protect myself and create multiple ships to send my stuff. So when he was using that scriptures, brothers and sisters, he was using it out of context. In con- I'm sorry, in context of King Solomon saying that if you're going to do something, you want to look at all measurements, all angles, good, bad, and indifferent to protect yourself in every aspect of your life, which takes us to the strategy I want to talk to you guys about. Yeah, and I think this is a great segue into the conversation we had about multiple streams of income. Facts. Because I made a video a while back, and you were speaking about a video that you're going to put out. I don't know if you put it out yet, but a lot of times when people are thinking about multiple streams of income, they're not thinking about multiple streams of income. They're thinking about multiple jobs. So I'm working at Dollar General. I'm working at Kroger. I'm working at uh, McDonald's. I'm working at for security. And you're, 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 you're making yourself very uh, sleepy, uh, worn out. You're making yourself very tired because you're doing so many different things. But if you focus on one thing Uh-oh. and learn how to pull multiple streams out of that one thing, <laughs> then that's how you're going to be able to be successful. And I'll give you an example with myself. Give us For me, uh-huh. I do videos. Yeah. So my thing is videos. Uh-huh. My thing is creating content. So I can do one video. Mm-hmm. And from that one video, I can sell you my music, which is in, in the intro. Then from that one video, in the video, I was wearing my shirt that I can also sell to you in the description box. Not only am I selling you my shirt and my music, but when you buy the shirt and the music, Brother Ben X is not sending it out. Brother Ben X is not the one sending it to your email. Brother Ben X is not the one producing the shirt. Brother Ben X is not the one who's sending it uh, uh, or shipping it to you. So you have to find a way to get multiple streams of income based on what you're doing so that you can focus and feed your energy into one thing and that one thing is able to produce things for you. And I think that's where a lot of people are messing up at. You're not focused on one thing. You're, 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 it's almost like we're a jack of all trades, master of none. I want to get into the insurance, then I want to get into taxes. <laughs> then after taxes, I want to get into you know, uh, 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 selling water. Then from selling water, I want to sell lights. So we're doing so many things, man, and you don't know what you really want to do. So when somebody say what you do, you don't even know. <laughs> so if you're not able to communicate properly what you do and you're not able to properly uh, communicate what you sell, how can we expect them to buy? Uh, somebody told me one time, uh, 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 how did they say this? They said uh, a confused buyer or uh, a confused customer would never buy. So if I don't even know what it is that you're even selling or how this brings value to me, I'm not even going to purchase it because you don't even know what you do. Mm. So if I ask you at the age of 16, 15, 14, if you're working on this, you need to be starting to work on your elevator pitch, what it is that you do. It ain't got to be all the way perfect, but you got to let them know exactly what you do, who your target audience is, and what value you bring to that market. Not I target everybody. I learned early <laughs> in business that if you're target, targeting everybody, you're you really targeting nobody. nobody. And I'm going to say this. I know some of the Christian folks may be mad at this one. But it's a, I, 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 we say as well, if you love everybody, if you love everybody, you don't love nobody either. And to really hone in on that, because we have a lot of self-hatred as well in ourselves. We don't want to be black. We don't like our, our, our nose. We don't like our lips. How can you say you love everybody, but when you look in the very mirror, you don't even love yourself? You don't even love the image that you see in the mirror. I'm about to drop this mic. And we are taught that knowledge of self leads to love for self. Love for self leads to respect for self. 
So we have to begin to understand who we are, what we do, and why we're here on the earth. How do we have bees that know its aim and purpose, but we don't know our aim and purpose? A bee never confused itself with an ant. Never confused, man. A bee know I make honey. <laughs> and that's it. And the honey turns into what? The honey turns into food, turns into lotion, turns into uh, uh, soap bars, mm. turns into... You know, uh, whatever you want to call streams, of, streams, streams of income. <laughs> the bee, if it could monetize, it would be rich. <laughs> and so, what we got to understand, even with King Solomon, King Solomon was good at one thing. You know what that one thing he was good at? What was that? Trading. Mm. King Solomon was good at one thing, and it was trading. And not only trading, it was trading a specific thing. He got good at trading horses and chariots. He got so good at trading horses and chariots, it made him and the entire kingdom rich. Mm. Because they specialized in trading horses and chariots. And because the whole entire kingdom got rich of his specialty, people, kings and queens from all across the world came to visit King Saul. I mean, uh, King um, Solomon. Solomon on that one thing. How did you amount, amount so much of, uh, of money and wealth? From this, how did you do it? How did you get your entire kingdom rich? Consulting business now. Now he started a consulting business on how he did it. So now that one stream created multiple streams. Mm. So what I'm trying to tell every single person here, there is no such thing as a river and a stream without a body of water, without an ocean. You take the ocean out, we ain't got no river. You take the ocean out, guess what else dries up? The, the, the falls. You take the ocean out, ain't no streams. And so what you got to get good at is developing one skill set that's going to add, open up revenue. So for me, I got good at sales at a young age. But then I started to specialize in one industry, insurance. And my sales and insurance, I began to specialize a little bit more, helping a specific group of people, my people. And then from there, I could sell all types of insurance. I could sell car insurance, property insurance, identity that's insurance, FDIC, bank insurance. I decided to do life insurance. And not only life insurance, there's a lot of avenues I can go with life insurance, but I decided to teach people how to bank inside their life insurance, a specific thing. I got good at one thing, and that one thing opens up many other revenues. It opens up brokers wanting to come work with us. Then we override the brokers. Then it, op then it opens up us starting our own uh, licensing program. Then it opens up all one thing you get good at, you open up many revenues from one thing. So when people look at that scripture they take it out of context and say see multiple strings of income no dummy he got he had multiple streams of income from doing one thing trading horses and chariots trading horses and chariots you know what that did brother it brought him back ivory gold and exotic animals so you know what he did with the ivory gold and exotic animals he traded it he created goldware not silverware goldware Goldware. He, 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 had, he had monkeys. He had all type of exotic animals that they didn't have. Then he began to trade those exotic animals with every other a kingdom that wanted those exotic animals. So his one thing made multiple uh, areas and created room for him because he got good at trading horses and chariots, which opened him up other revenues and avenues for him to make money. So the reason why we can't get wealthy, we can't get rich, and we think that God wants us to be broke is because you confused. And God ain't going to, the Bible says that he'll never put more on you than you can bear. That's also wealth too. He see you confused already and you broke. Mm. So you're really going to be confused with money. 
So that takes us to a strategy learning how to get outside of ourselves, begin to understand how things work and realize the economics of this society. And understanding that when I begin to read history, if you study the wrong history, you may end up on the wrong side of it. See, if I study the right history, I study wealth, I can become wealthy. If I study the history of, of biblical principles, I can become scholarly, biblically. If I study the history of poverty, I can also, too, become a historian of what? Poverty. And most African-Americans, we are historians in poverty. And we have no idea how wealth, can, uh, how wealth is amassed and how it's biblically sound in our Bible. The reason why there are more scriptures about a stewardship, uh, uh, prosperity, and money, and also war strategies. Those are the four topics in the Bible. Why is it the most talked about thing in the Bible? Because it takes strategy to navigate this society, and it also takes the, um, uh, the, the amount, amount of amass, uh, um, amassing wealth to be able to navigate it to as well. So he teaches us these strategies in the hopes that people who read the Bible, you will take the context out of it and apply it into your life. And so when you think about how Jews, so-called Jews and Jews um, created wealth for themselves, what they what you begin to realize if you study history, the correct history, you will look at not just the things that they did, but how did they get wealthy? When you look at the music industry, who controls the music industry? Nice. Jews, mm -hmm. Jews or so-called Jews who controls the banking industry, Jews or so-called Jews who control who controls the lending Jews. <laughs> Or so-called Jews. And when you realize, when you look at Jewish people, you begin to see they work as a unit to be able to what? Amass the amounts of wealth. Why do you think Jay-Z talked about that in his song? Boom, boom. My skin is black. My boom, blood. Yeah. And so what he talked about in there and how Jews uh, uh, leverage their money to increase it. The number one, the number one um, thing that America is built off of is lending, loans and lending. They take our money with taxes, they lend it to other countries, and they make money off of that. If you look at banks, how do they make money? Off of us. Off of us. We lend our money to them. That's what we do. I'm, I'm allowing the bank to hold my money. They go make money off of my money, and I get 0.01%. What's investing? Me lending my money in return for equity of some other man's company. I don't know what equity is. And my equity is only my equity is only valuable if other people see the company as valuable. Hmm. So I lend the only real asset I have, my money, to a company that I got to buy their stock that society can determine if that company is valuable or not, which drops the value of my my dollar. So I lend my money. So when I think about investing and I think about lending, it's the same thing. You have people who need who create a pool and a pool of money is a fund. And we all fund this pool so they can go make money and give us whatever piece of the pie. What if there was an opportunity in a way for you to become your own pool, mm. for you to become your own bank? For you to become your own fund. And you can lend it and you can make money off of it. You can do all those things the exact same way the banks do and be backed by insurance. What if there is a way? The only way people would be able to figure out there's a way, Brother Ben, is if they got outside of their mind that poverty is something that God wants from you. Mm -hmm. Why would God create the entire world and tell you, his people, you got to stay poor? Makes no sense to me. That's, that, did, that, did, that did dumb. That did, that did dumb. 
God didn't tell you to go get that house you couldn't afford. You got that $350,000 house with that $1,800, $2,200 mortgage because your ego said you wanted a house and you couldn't afford it. God didn't tell you to go get that Benz, that BMW that you paid $8,000, a month for, a car that the bank bought for you. Now you, now you paying your God. You paying your God, which is your bank. You paying Bank of America. You paying Wells Fargo. You paying, you paying uh, 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 Brickshire and Hathaway. Those are your gods. First thing you do, you send money to them. Well, if you, if the, the Bible says where your treasures are, your, your heart is also. Mm-hmm. So if my treasures are my monetary value and I'm sending them to the banks, that means my heart must be with the what? The bank. Uh-oh. Somebody else other than God. Uh-oh. 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 He preaching now, boy. Uh-oh. So if the bank... Is now my God, and I'm sending all of my thirst to the bank. Am I true a follower of God? Am I a true follower of God? Absolutely not. Am I a true disciple of God? When all of my thirst, if the Bible says you give your first to him, your first, he says give, senders, give Caesars what Caesars, because it's his money that we abide by. So he says pay your taxes. But outside of that, you, you, you give to my community. You give to my cause first off the top, and I'll protect your 90%. Just give me 10 of it. Give me 10. I can show you. Let me let me add this before I let you continue. I know somebody out there thinking, well, brother, I ain't finna be giving my money to the pastor. The pastor, he don't know what he doing with it. Even if that is your point. Because there's a couple pastors that y'all be speaking on that y'all really don't even investigate to see what they do for the community or who they employing or who they helping, ministers included. So even if you say that's your point, you don't give money to the church, what are you giving your time to? You know how we like to say time is money. Well, if time is money, these same individuals who say, I don't give in tithes, you also don't give your time. So you don't go to the community and teach the youth anything. You're not going to the elders to put any uh, work in with the elders. You're not going to your community of people to help educate them and grow them up financially, physically, mentally, spiritually. So when we come to when it talks about giving God your time or giving your time to God, like I said in the scripture, it says, how can you love God who you never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? I believe at the essence of your brother, at the essence of your sister is God. So how do you treat your own brother and sister who you see every day? Even in that type of charity, you're not even giving in that charity. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer for those who say, well, Brother Ben, I don't give no money. I don't give no money to no people because I don't know what they're doing. Well, you do know what you're doing. And what you're not doing is going out and serving the people so that they can be awakened and so they can produce a better life for themselves so that you can have eternal life. See, eternal life is not necessarily my body living on forever. That's, I mean, that's crazy. You know, my physical body, but I do have an infinite or infinite mind in me. So the same way as the brother said, the DNA of my children I'm living through the DNA in my children because I've impregnated a woman who produced children for me. But also, I know it's a sister out there saying, well, Brother Ben, I can't, I can't have children. Or, for, or it's a brother out there who's impotent and he can't have children. But you can produce or you can impregnate a mindset. You can impregnate somebody's mind and from that mind you can produce ideas. You can produce success. You can produce gods. And so now you may not have a physical necessarily son that you have uh, 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 produced for this earth, but you have produced ideas that's going to live on forever. Look at Steve Jobs. Look at the insurance policy that you were speaking on. 
Look at your grandfather's story that you're speaking on. He's not physically here, but he's physically or the money is able to still pay the rent or pay the mortgage and pass it down yep. to different children. So he's not physically here, but he is physically here. So much so the Quran says, speak not of those who are slain in the way of Allah because they are they still live, but you just comprehend or understand not. So Marcus Garvey is still alive. Malcolm X is still alive. Martin Luther King is still alive. All of our great leaders and teachers who are who who use their life, sacrificed their life, not necessarily died for our sins in that way, but sacrificed and paid the price, meaning he was slandered. Same thing we supposed to be going through. It says you're going to be hated on, lied on, persecuted for my name's sake. So if I'm not lied on, hated on, persecuted, I need to check who I'm following. I need to make sure I'm following Christ because if he was going through all these things and it said those who follow me and pick up your cross and follow me going to go through it. I got to go through it, too. So all of our all of our great leaders, all of our great teachers had to pay a price for us to get this. So they are living on through me. They are living on through brother Jake. They're going to live on through brother Amir if we apply the principles that we are teaching you here today. The principles from the Bible, the principles from the great teachers that we have had. That was a great point you made. And when you talk about tithes, a lot of people, just because they sowed a seed into bad soil, give up sowing. See, if I was a farmer and I'm planting into a certain fertile ground and that ground doesn't produce me the harvest I thought it would and it ate my seeds and nothing grew, will you keep planting seeds into that ground possibly you think it's a trick question <laughs> i get a new seed the man. answer is no because if i planted seeds into a ground and it didn't produce me any harvest odds are that's not fertile ground mm, it's the soil so if i'm a farmer and i got to feed my family from sowing seeds i got to find a better ground to sow my seeds into and see, what people fail to realize is that if you've sown money, tithe money into an organization, a church, and they did not do good with the resources that you gave them, you're just as much at fault. Because you, it was your job to investigate and do your due diligence to see if, they were, if that was good soil to invest your money into. Mm. And see, what people f forget when they say, I ain't giving my money to nobody, well, let me, let me, let me, let me understand you something. Nothing in life functions without the collaboration of persons, of beings, of people. If I run a company, this company that I run here, ABS Brokers, if every single broker, if Connie, my, my, uh, my director of operations, if everyone decided to leave me, I own an idea, but nothing's generating. See, I need people that believes in the idea. They come to work every day. They go out and make sales every day. They put policies and products in place every day with people that generate money from people. So in order for me to gain wealth, you can't create wealth. Wealth is transferred. Mm, currency. So if currency, the, if I were to break down currency, cur, C-U-R-R -R means runs, N-C, E-N-C-E. Y means consistently. Mm. So in order currency, the money that I have needs to be running consistently. So running consistently from person to person. I can't go create wealth. I have to transfer wealth. So in order for me to amount uh, uh, to, to amass a large amount of money, I have to get it transferred from one person to the other. 
So me saying I don't want to give money to somebody or give to somebody or tithe for the better half of persons is basically me telling God I don't respect the transfer of people. Mm. I don't I don't respect the transfer of currency and any place where there's a dead end where the money can't outgo just like it's inflow. The money is going to evaporate. That's what we see with water. When water has no place to go and it's stuck in a place, what does it does? It gets up out of there. <laughs> if it's in the middle of the ground and got no other water to go to, that thing about to evaporate, which is why typically the people who are not givers are the ones that are the most broke because their concept of money is when it comes to me, it stops. Wow. There it is. And so when it's transferred to me, I don't transfer it out. So the law of reciprocity never gets into play. It's the same exact example of a, of a farmer who stops planting seeds all because he had bad ground. Find better ground, dummy. And keep planting the seeds and eventually those seeds will turn into a harvest that creates you more seeds and you plant that into the ground. And you keep giving to people. So me and this company and this company that we have, we understand that we wouldn't be a company if it were not for people who believed in us, transferred their money to purchase the products that we offer. And then the companies, which are people, transfer commissions to us without the transfer of money from person to person to person. There is no way that ABS brokers would be in existence. So if we don't give a piece of our money, 10 percent of what ABS brokers back to the community, what we're doing, we're stopping the flow. Of how anything works. And if anybody stops the flow, odds are they're probably going to lose out. Probably going to lose out. Mm. And so when I think about success, when I think about money, when I think about the transfer, you got to understand the definition of the words that we use, the root word. So if currency, the money that I'm using, if I'm stopping currency, I'm stopping the basic nature of why it exists. If I stop the basic nature of why anything exists, it's going to flow away from me because I don't respect it. So currency, if I want to make more currency, I got to get more to transfer to me and more to transfer out. The more money I get to transfer to me and the more I can transfer it out, the more money I can make. See, if I was a if I was in, if I was a broker and I didn't transfer money to any other brokers, I can't grow my company mm. because the money that gets transferred to us, I can transfer it to more brokers. Now, the brokers can make more money and they can transfer it. And before you know, it, we got an ecosystem of transferring money that keeps trans from hands to hands to hands, enlarging the company. The more commission I pay out, the more money the company makes. The more commission I pay out, the more money the company makes. The more money we give to the community, the more our reputation and brand grows in the community. Now, people trust us because we spend money where we are. And so when I have money transferring from place to place, I keep it moving. I'm now I'm now the current master. I'm controlling the current. And anyone who controls the current can now be a part of what God's mission is, which is also the flow of nature. So anybody who controls the current controls the currency anybody who controls the currency controls their life anybody who controls their life is not broke period you know family i pulled out this paper like it was some interesting yeah i, th I thought i thought that was about it's, to be like it's actually just a flight i had from a long long time ago i think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up yep because uh, mindset is very important. Scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What we're going to do in this first episode is just transfer, uh, transform your mindset. Because before any strategies are implemented, you have to believe that you can implement them. Before you can get into a certain situation, you have to believe that you deserve to be there. So that's what this podcast is about. So we're going to get into strategy. 
and more financial literacy in the next episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review uh, so we can get those reviews up. Follow us on Instagram. Mine is at Brother Ben X. Jake's is at Jake Taylor Jacobs. That's T-A-Y-L-E-R, Jake Taylor Jacobs. And we're going to be parting together, family, to pretty much free our community. Um, our goal is to help our people become financially free uh, so that you can freely serve God. You're not serving money anymore. You're serving God. We want to eradicate poverty from the mind, the spirit, and your bank account. Our job, our mission is to eradicate poverty, poverty of the mind, poverty of the spirit, and poverty of your bank account. If I can eradicate poverty from your mind, it's easily for me to eradicate it from your spirit. And if I can eradicate poverty from your mind and spirit, it's so much transferable to change it in your bank account. And the question that we had to ask you, does God want you to be broke? Mm. And I believe you all by now know that, uh, know that answer. And before we end off, uh, I love this collaboration because the brother is Christian. I'm Muslim. I'm Christian as well. I'm Jehovah Witness as well. I'm all these different things. Why? What do you mean by this, brother Ben X? A Christian is one who is crystallized and one is with God following Jesus Christ. He's the anointed one, uh, the crusher of the wicked. A Muslim is one who submits their will to do the will of God. That's simply what it means. Uh, besides the rituals that we may have, the principle is, is one who submits their will to do the will of God. If you go into the scripture of the Bible, it says, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Whatever he bid me to say that I say, whatever he bid me to do that I do, that's submitting his will to do the will of God. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, every good Christian is a Muslim, vice versa. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, your mother said three plus four equals seven. Mine says six plus one equals seven. Somebody else said, no, nah, Brother Ben and Brother Jake, seven plus zero equals seven. But if you get to the root knowledge, not the branch knowledge, and when you do the application and you do the equation, you see we all get into the same answer. Seven. So we have to come together, family, and unite with unity. In order for us to fix the community in the word community, you got to have unity. And unity is not uniform. That means that my battery has ran out, so I'm going to turn around this way. So unity is not uniform. Uniform is everybody's in the nation of Islam. Uniform is everybody's in a particular church. Uniform is everybody dressing the same, dressing alike, having the same name. But unity is you got your unit. He got his unit. He got his unit. And we're going to sit at a table, come together on common grounds, and see how we can tie all these things together. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. That's what I'm about. I believe that's what Brother Jake about. And uh, you all have a black-tastic day. Peace.